Welcome to Solutions from the Huddle, powered by Collaborative Solutions Group. We're discussing meaningful business and life topics to add motivation to your life and value to your efforts. Our show is hosted by certified professional CSG coaches who are often hired for private coaching, corporate training, and speaking engagements. Now, enjoy the show. This is Solutions from the Huddle, and I... I am still your host. My name is Titus Bertolotta. I'm so glad that you are tuned in, subscribed, listening to another episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you are a fan of the show, then you already know what we do. You know who we are, and you know that we have another guest that is just out of this world cool, like super smart, really talented, has learned a lot, has maybe failed a few times, but has some wonderful things to tell you today. So I know you're excited. If you're new to the show, then just hit the rewind button and re-listen to what I just said the show is all about. And then you'll totally get it. You'll know what we're doing. Um, We start the show the same way every time. And so we want to do that again today. And that's just in prayer. And then we want to jump right into our guest today. So if you'll join us, Lord, we give you glory and honor for all things. We ask that you would bless the show, our guest, um, our sponsors, just everyone who makes this wonderful. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. All right, friends, uh, we have Nilu Kaur on the program today. Her bio is kind of impressive slash intimidating, okay? <laughs> but she is so talented. Uh, here's the deal. She's a corporate facilitator. She's a leadership and an NLP coach, right? She is helping folks with stress management. She's helping people with all kinds of things operational. She's helping people go from where they are to where the heck they want to go. And she does this for folks individually, corporately, and there's all kinds of other fun, wonderful things that she's going to tell you. Um, She also has certifications and degrees from some of the smartest places on the planet, right? So you've heard of Columbia University, you've heard of NYU, and if you haven't yet heard of Nilu, you have now. Nilu, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. I love your energy. I'm excited to see what happens. Oh man, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your journey, right? Um, uh, The folks that don't know you, I'm sure there's one or two in the world that have yet to know who who you are. (laughs) Tell us a little bit of, of like where you came from and your story and your journey that got you all the way to the levels of success that you enjoy today. All right. So I think the best way to start is to say that my work is at the intersection of leadership and wellness. So my, I have a background in social and org psych, and I, w- I do a lot of work in leadership, and I also do work in wellness, which is mental health, mental agility. I teach mindfulness. I'm a yoga instructor as well. And what happened in 2013 is that I got downsized from a very large company, and I decided that I would never have anyone tell me they don't want me anymore. So I was determined to figure out how I was going to incorporate what seemed then as two separate entities. And now I think because of the pandemic, I've been shocked to see that many of the companies I work with are really focused on mental health, mental wellness, and bringing people's, allowing people to bring their full selves to work. So that to me was two separate worlds where I had very different clients for leadership development and very different clients for wellness and mental health. And then COVID pandemic happened and those worlds for me, luckily have merged. So your background really uniquely positions you to help really with what the world is dealing with today. Is that fair? Like, I mean, the pandemic and isolation um, and emotional IQ and awareness and empathy and all of these things that, that some of the greatest thought leaders have talked about for quite some time, but maybe wasn't 
appreciated corporately is now not just appreciated, but necessary. And, and you're helping with that. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So what happened, I think around, like when I decided to go out on my own, which was 2013, I was really focused on companies that were very progressive, that wanted people to bring their full selves to work. So I found a lot of my clients were in the Bay area and in, in on the West coast. So I did, I'm mean, from New York. So I did a lot of traveling back and forth. And I realized that at one point, sometime in the near future, there would be this you know, collective consciousness, this re-emerging awareness that was going to somehow yeah. happen where not just the West Coast, but the East Coast was going to slowly follow suit to this whole, you know, being able to fully be present and bring mm. all of these aspects of yourself to work. And unfortunately, it took a pandemic, but I do think that now, and I don't know about the middle of the country, I know that in on the West Coast and on the East Coast and across the world, this is a, this is a very big this is a very big initiative to allow people to be able to talk about things that are really going on and not just talk about work. So not just talking about tasks and, you know, let's get this done and let's get that done, but to really check in and see what a lot, what's alive for you and how can we all each support each other? And I think that's the culture that a lot of organizations are hoping that they can create post pandemic. Yeah, I love that. So what, what have you seen with the companies that maybe were less progressive when you went to them and said, I've got this idea, or I, I believe there's, there's an, a, there's a more of a, there needs to be more of a sense of urgency for this than maybe what you currently are giving it. Would you, would you hear me out? Uh, what did you hear? Cause obviously you've been doing this far before COVID in 2013 mm -hmm. as a starting point. What did you hear and see from some of those companies that maybe were I don't know if resistance is the right word, but they just, maybe they didn't know they were ready. How, how did they respond to you? Yeah, I mean, there were flat out no's. It was just like, no, 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 stick with leadership development, stick with you know communicating with confidence, stick with managing your manager, stick, stick with feedback, like all of these things that we need as managers and as leaders. But there were flat out no's about sort of this piece of mental health and mental wellness. So with the organizations that were slightly open, it was like the door would slightly crack open. And what I would do is say, okay, well, I'll, what, what I'll do is I'll offer this workshop and, you know, this lunch and learn. And so slowly, like I just would open the door slightly to see if there was an appetite. And then if there was an appetite, then I would come in and fully walk into the door and say, here are some other things I have that might be appealing to you. But definitely there was so much resistance in the beginning because it was yeah. almost seemed like, oh, this is too woo woo. This is too spiritual. This is too, this is not for work. This is for your personal life. Like go do this with your yeah. with other people. Don't do this here at work. I love, you know, I, I love the first time that someone asked me to come speak on work-life balance mm -hmm. and <laughs> they got so mad at me afterwards. Cause I, I, I was like, they're not separate, <laughs> you know, like, can we, can we just be honest for a minute and like, right. stop pretending like your kids don't matter while you're at work or that your paycheck doesn't matter when your mortgage comes? Mm -hmm. Like, can we, so I, I'm sure you probably felt the same way when they were like, this stuff belongs at home. Yeah. Right. How did you help folks realize that real balance probably comes from like a realization of the honest truth that all of this stuff is important and matters? I think the way that I handled that in the beginning was just, you know, if I was teaching a class that maybe didn't have anything to do 
with mental health or wellness, I brought aspects into the content that I was teaching. So I slowly mm. interweaved it, just opening again, slightly Smart. opening the door, seeing if there was any appetite. And those people that were interested in learning more, they would always contact me afterwards and speak to me. And those that were like, no, this is too, this is too woo-woo-woo. Let's just stick to like yeah. leadership work. That that's a different audience as well. So I think it's always about know your audience. And also mm. as those of us that are facilitators or coaches maybe just slightly open the door, step in slightly, don't swing it open and bring your, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's almost like a dial that we all have on what we can turn up and what we can turn down given the audience that we're in. Talking with Nilu Core on Solutions from the Huddle, and we're talking about um, just how important the the full package, what, what Nilu said, I love this, like is companies that are excited about employees bringing their full self to work. Um, how many of you out there right now are listening to the program and you're in charge of people and you're a leader and you keep going like, I wish Josh was fully present. <laughs> like, like I wish Sarah was all the way here while she's clocked in. Um, or maybe this is like on the family dynamic and you're thinking about your, your kids and you're like, man, why are they not fully present while we're talking or dealing with important things? It might be because we're only speaking to one side of them, Right. So Nilu is a specialist at this stuff and I love it. How are you helping owners, C-level employees, le leaders in organizations who already maybe believe this, but they've spent their entire lives, Nilu, only speaking to one segment of a human. And now they believe in what you're saying, but they're like, how in the world do I start talking to the full package and get a full person to show up? How do you teach an old dog new tricks maybe is the way to, to best word that. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say it's teach, but it's just to ask questions. So if I'm brought in to help someone with a dysfunctional team, which happens a lot, right? And especially during like pre-COVID, it happened a lot where it's like, I'm having a hard time. My team is dysfunctional. Let me help me figure out what to do. And now it's like, well, my, my team's all virtual and no one's at like no one's in the office. Help me what to tell me what to do, help me do this. And so it's really about the questions that I'm asking because mm. you can't look at the whole system without looking at the individual and vice versa. You can't look at the individual without yeah. looking at the whole system. So I will start asking questions like, well, tell me what's going on with you. And mm. you know, it's like sort of like peeling the layers of an onion. And then you might realize, like, oh, he's an insomniac. He does not getting sleep. Of course, his team is dysfunctional because he himself is having issues with balancing his own world, his own yeah. inner world. So it's almost about, it's more about the questions that I ask and opening again, open that door gently and slowly and see how receptive the other person or that group is. Cause I work a lot with groups and teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. So you were telling us, you know, you, you, got let go from a large organization and you said, well, this isn't going to happen again. Right. Um, and you, you put your hands on the wheel and said, I'm driving this thing. I'm, I'm in charge of what comes next. You, you were passionate about this, the, the NLP world and, and mindfulness and all of those things. Um, what was it like starting the business just as an entrepreneur? So for a moment, obviously I encourage everyone you need to get to know Nilu. We're going to talk about our website a couple of times throughout the program. But um, if you're looking for someone to come in and make meaningful change, then you need to you need to get to know this person. But how was it for the folks that are listening right now that say, I don't have a team, mm -hmm. I don't have a business. Maybe I recently got let let go, or or maybe I'm tired. I didn't get let go, but I've I've let go and I'm just I'm not happy and I don't even want to be in this job. I want to create, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to start something. 
talk us through the first steps of that, right? Because some folks think they, they think it's really easy. And then, it, then they make the decision and they go, wait a minute, I wish I, wish I, wish I would have listened to someone who did this already. How was it being a boss, starting a company and being an entrepreneur in the beginning days? Yeah, definitely not easy. Like not easy at all. But I do think that it's slow and steady. It does not happen overnight. And it's a lot of trial and error. So once you figure out like, what are your products or your services that you're selling? It's like leverage the audience that you currently have. So by that point, I had worked many years. I'd worked at many different organizations. I'd gone through undergrad and grad school. So it was a lot about leveraging the people that I already knew. And I think when you go out on your own, whether you're a solopreneur or you start this company and you start hiring people, it's, it's like people that know, love, and respect you are your audience. And so go to those folks first and maybe do some pilots, like see what's working, what's not working and use these people as sort of feedback, continuous improvement on what you can offer, whether that's a product or a service. And I think for me, it was challenging because I wasn't sure, I didn't know any of this and it was, it was a lot of trial by error. It was also a lot of partnerships. I partnered with many companies that were sort of like the middleman where they would, they would say, okay, we have this coach that you can hire. And of course they take a huge chunk of it. So that, that process, and that journey for me let like was with a, with many partnerships in the middle in the beginning and then slowly i have now been able to build my own portfolio of clients individuals and organizations yeah so those that are out there that are thinking i'm just going to quit this stupid job i don't need this i'm going to start my own thing I, I actually hate the word hustle but people go i'm going to get my own side hustle because uh, they think it's super easy because they watch someone else on social media talk about how, right. <laughs> you know, how easy and they're making all this money through dot coms and virtual. Um, and it's super possible. Right. But it's also really, really challenging. And being eyes wide open provides a, a much more clear vision, I would imagine. Uh, what were some of the breakthrough moments where you, you realized outside of yourself, oh, man, this was a good decision? Like, it's working, it's clicking, there's momentum. Yes, this is happening. Where were some of those moments for you? I think, so just going back to the first question, I think what happens is when we think we wanna go out on our own, it's like we're in our own head, we create a product or we create services. And it's like, if you just do this in your own little bubble without getting feedback from people, it's really hard. So I think one of the mm. key learnings I had was actually going out and talking to my prospective client, like prospective audience, like my target market and actually hearing from them, like what are their challenges instead of me trying to figure out like what their challenges were. So it was a lot of like digging for gold type of conversations where it was like, mm. can I grab 30 minutes of your time? I really want to understand what your challenges are, what, what, what's going on in your organization mm. and your team. And I think once I learned that, that it's, it's about a conversation, as you and I talked about right before this, before yeah. we hit record, it's all about yeah. a conversation. So I think learning to ask the right questions has been the biggest aha moment for me, where it's like, once I ask the right questions, I'm going to get the right information. So if you're an mm. entrepreneur or a solopreneur and you are going out there creating something, ask the right questions to your right people. So the right people for you are your key audience, your key demographic. Like who are you going to be selling your products and services to? And I, I think once it. I got that piece down, it, things became easier. Okay. Uh, we're, we're talking with Nilu. Uh, we always 
somewhere in the show, we, we always want to just pause and say thank you to all the folks that help support the show. We've got some really great organizations and companies that allow us to do this. Uh, so if you haven't made your way to team-csg.com, do that and click on the solutions from the huddle tab so that you can see folks like, like Speedy, uh, Oil Change, like MS Digital Solutions and Easy Living Technologies and all the wonderful companies that believe in the show and love awesome, smart entrepreneurs and leaders like Nilu. So that's team-csg.com. Go click and learn more about our wonderful partners. Nilu, uh, where did you, where did you mess up? Like, this is my favorite part. We do this on every show. Like, where did you make some mistakes? Cause I'm a big believer. One of my mentors in life is John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. um, he's written at least one or two books. I think he just finished publishing a hundred and his 103rd book, which wow. is insane. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the, the favorite books of mine is that sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so like, where did you perhaps um, make a mistake or two or something which it ha challenging happened and, and through that experience brought some amazing awareness and insight, right? Outside of success and winning, where were some times where it was challenging for you? Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many, I'm like going through my mental Rolodex, <laughs> Rolodex of all of yeah. the, like the quote unquote failures, which are just, it's, it's feedback. So feedback is, yes. is a way just to continuously improve. But I think, I mean, that the downsizing that I spoke of in 2013, I've been through many downsizings. Like I've, at that point I had probably, that was maybe my fourth one. And I, re, and it was just like this continuous thing where it was like, I, wasn't being seen or heard and I was being let go regularly. And it was almost, it was really eating away at my own self-esteem. So I think one of the first challenges yeah. for me is just to have confidence in myself to know that I can do what I need to do, but that it's a learning process. And I think throughout the course of these past years that I've been out on my own, some of the challenges are just rejection, right? Like you're out there, you're, you're selling your services, you're selling, you know, you, you're selling who you are as a person to come into an organization or to work with an individual. And if you just get a flat out, no, it's like, I don't want to work with you. So, wow. you know, it's yeah. like that in itself, if you have to build this muscle of resilience to hear no, but take mm. that no and understand like, this is feedback for me. I must've done something that put this person off, or there was something that was missing from my quote unquote pitch. And I think mm. the failure or the, the feedback in that failure is to then maybe go back to that person and ask them, can you share a little bit as to why you said no? And I think before I never did that, I was wow. almost fearful of having that confrontational conversation, but it's actually opened a lot of doors to understand like, what, what is it that I missed in this interaction? And it's not like I'm going back to try to have you say yes to me, but I'm going to take that information and use it with the next person I speak to or the next organization I speak to. So I think constant rejection is, <laughs> is an obstacle and a challenge yeah. and getting, getting comfortable with hearing no. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I stopped counting to, you know, I could probably tell you all the yeses I've gotten. I have lost track of the no's. There, there are so many of them. And, you know, there's wonderful books out there and, and, and bumper stickers. And, and I'm sure you and I could go quote to quote back and forth here, <laughs> um, you know, with all the motivational stuff. And, and I'm a big motivational person. But I think that part of it is really just coming to grips that it's okay. Like, no is okay. Right. I mean, it's got to be okay when we say no to someone else. So therefore, when they say no to us, it's okay. And, you know, it could be no right now, exactly. Um, but, but I love your, I love your words. Um, like go back and talk to them. Not, not with, uh, this is my favorite part. You said not because I want to try to convince you to buy it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just 
actually genuinely authentically wanting to know how to make it better. Exactly. It's just like, I need feedback. If you could help me out, you could just take 10 minutes to have a real Mm. conversation with me. And some people will say, no, sorry, I don't have time. And some will say yes. And those people that say yes, they usually stay in your world of influence and and they come around or you come around in their world in some way. I love it. Yeah. If you you ask a person, Nilu, like, hey, can you give me those 10 minutes? And they say, no, I don't have time for you. Mm -hmm. You probably dodged a bullet not having them as a client like that, right? I mean, no no offense to the personality of that person, but like what if you, if somebody got rejected and then they were humble and kind and respectful and professional enough to say, I understand and I get it. Could you give me 10 minutes so I can make sure the next person has a better experience? And that person says, no, you probably dodged a bullet not having to service that client all day, every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's indicative of of that person's character, but it's honestly like when I've done this, it's very rare. I'll get a no. Sure. Most people, most people, I truly believe most people want to help each other. Mm. And even if they can't carve 10 minutes this week or next week, eventually it'll happen. Eventually, you know, they'll have that time to to have a conversation with me, or even if it's not a conversation, they might just send me a couple of things in an email. That's helpful. It's just constant feedback, right? Yeah. And it's almost like adopting the mantra that there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And I think any solopreneur or entrepreneur can really adapt that. It's a presupposition that comes from NLP. And it's, it's actually changed my life because I, I'm, wow. when we don't get rejected enough, we don't know how to deal with it. But once you start getting more comfortable mm. with rejections and no's, you know how to navigate around them. Yeah, it's, it's like emotional antibodies, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I love it. So what's an ideal client look like for you, Nilu? I mean, the folks that are listening right now, um, you know, they're probably wondering, like, how does Nilu fit? You know, am I the right business? And, and what I hate is sometimes when people are not specific right? Like, you know, these, these companies that just go, we can help everyone. And that Mm -hmm. may very well be true. Yeah. It makes it really hard for the targeted audience to say, oh, they're talking to me. Right. So, so if you could help me and help us, like who are the folks that are your best clients? Who are the folks that your unique talents and greatness and genius is able to help so that they can go, oh, she's talking to me. Right. Who do those people look like? So, the way, the way my business works is that I usually am brought in for group facilitated classes. So these are large organizations or mid-sized organizations, but I work with teams. So there'll be like a COO or a CTO that brings me on into their team. And it's around, you know, it could be leadership. It could be wellness related, especially during COVID. It's been a lot around managing your mental health, managing, you know, being virtual. And so I'll do these workshop facilitated workshops that are all experiential so I'll teach content, have an experience, many experiences throughout the content. And then through these group facilitated classes, I then get, I have individuals that reach out to me that want one-on-one coaching. And the folks okay. that reach out to me for one-on-one coaching, usually it's, you know, wanting to switch careers or it's changing jobs or it's having issues, you know, with confidence or building rapport with internal clients or external clients. So it's a whole host of issues, but I think my funnel has always been brought in, in a group, like as a group facilitator, and then I'll have those individual coaching clients. So I love both. I love having, I love teams and groups and I love being around a lot of people in teaching and coaching. And then I also have that funnel of individuals. And so when you ask me, who's my ideal client, it's someone that's open to try on new things, right? Like I will bring in a host of experiences that I have and someone that's open and receptive to maybe try on something that doesn't feel so comfortable. 
I love it. Um, I want to, I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to ask you the, this question, but I wanted to just kind of plant the seed. Um, we, I always like to try to close with, tell us a specific, you know, without naming folks, but a, a specific, just wonderful story of success of how a person went from where they are to, mm-hmm. to where they were hoping to go, right? Imagine someone that says, I kind of think I have an idea of why I want to work with a coach, why I need some support. And, and I hope these are the results that I get on the other side of it. And then if you could, could tell us a real world experience and a story of that, um, where, where that actually happened, or maybe even exceeded their expectations, that would be so cool. So I want to finish with that. If you can come up with your favorite one of those, I'm sure you have more than one. Um, but I know that before we hit record, before we started, and we never know at what day and time someone's going to listen to this show. It could be the day after we publish it. It could be years after, but um, you were telling me a little bit about you're working on a book and so by the time you hear this right now folks it could be like way premature or you could be the last person on earth because we've already bought the book right uh i would just encourage you to go to nilu's website uh so tell us a little about what this book's about that you're working on what's in the oven right like what are you getting ready to serve the world perfect so the book is So far, the working title is Be Your Own Cheerleader, and it's for Asian and South Asian women to be their own cheerleader at work. And it's about self-promotion because a lot of people that come from Asian or South Asian culture, it's very collective cultures where it's all about the we and not so much about the I focused. And in Mm. the U.S., it's very individualistic, and it's like a lot about your own you know, your own work and what you've done and self-promoting. And it's culturally, it's challenging for those of us that come from a culture that's very we-focused. We so the book's really dealing uh, with topics that range from, uh, so I've broken it out into three sections, which is cultural, psychological, and spiritual, from the aspect of looking at where Asian and South Asian people come from and how do we then become successful in the U.S. in the corporate mm. workplace, targeted towards women. Yeah. With this book, you know, let's say you're not a Asian, um, or you said South Pacific? South Asian. South Asian, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, female, but maybe you are in a position of leadership or responsibility yeah. for, for these individuals. Um, you know, it's really hard to, to know someone else's world until right. you've, you've walked in their shoes or until you've bought a book that helps you know how to walk in their shoes. Um, would that be a book that those individuals who maybe you have just one, but you go, gosh, I really want to speak to and, and, and stand with that person. I want there to be this connection of empathy and understanding and reciprocity. Would that book also inform and help that individual too? Yes, absolutely. So for example, if you are, let's say you work at a company, a very large company who has offices in Singapore or Hong Kong or India, it could be very valuable because your workforce, even though they're not in the US, you're expecting them to adapt to a culture that's very different than theirs. Mm. So it's like having some insights into the world that they come from is gonna be really helpful for you as a leader. Whether you're a male, female, whatever your individual background is, but just having some insights, I think could be really helpful as you manage a workforce that's, that's international and from this part of the world. I love that. So obviously if, if this book is specifically for you, get it. If you're, if you're in a position where you get to work alongside or in a leadership role with, or a partnership role with, um, with one of these wonderful women, then this book's for you as well. If you're maybe not in that position, 
um, then I'm sure you could buy the book and it makes for a great gift. Yeah. Uh, right. So there's really yeah. no reason to not get it. What's the website that you would tell folks? If you just go here, you'll know more about my speaking, my coaching, my facilitation. Yeah. My yeah. Book. Where do they go? Perfect. So it's just my name. So neelukor.com. So N-E-E-L-U-K-A-U-R.com. And everything yeah. will be is posted there and will be posted once we, you know, once I get all of the things sorted out with my book. But you know, what's interesting is as I'm working with the editor, if we took out the cultural module and just kept the psychological and spiritual, it could actually apply to everybody in a way. So, <laughs> so it is helpful. Uh, but I do think, yes, the cultural piece absolutely pertains to Asian and South Asian culture. Love it. Uh, give them the website one more time, but say it as though they're not going to have to hit rewind. Give it to them slowly. All right. So a lot my of web, yeah. My website is neelukor.com. N-E-E-L-U-K-A-U-R.com. Folks, listen, Neelu uh, is really smart and really brilliant. We don't let folks on the show unless they're those things. So I encourage you uh, to get to know this person. See how you can find a way to bring her into your organization, into your life. Um, and let's go from, from good to great, from great to even uh, even greater. Uh, what's that story that you, you are comfortable to share with us? Yeah. I'm sure you've got lots of success stories. Give us one. I'd love to leave our audience with with that word of encouragement. Yes, I just thought of one person. He comes to my mind. So I met, I met him in the elevator of my old building, apartment building that I lived in. And he was going through a lot of transitions with work. So he was in, he was working at this investment bank. But when you look at him, he was tatted up, a little bit rough around the edges, didn't know how to interview because he wanted to leave where he was. He was a contractor. He wanted a full-time you know, job. And so we worked slowly and steadily over the course of a couple of years to get him to the point where he was then, he kept getting promoted. So he had me as his coach regularly. So we actually did a couple of sort of mock interviews where he was, where I would ask him questions just so he would get more comfortable speaking. And even to the point where the way he was dressed, like we would just have these conversations very overtly about like, who is your audience? I'm not asking you to change who you are as a person, but know your audience, know where you're going and dress accordingly. And no one had ever actually told him that. So he was oh, wow. going in with like, you know, his tats showing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that would be great if you were going to a specific type of organization. But, yeah. you know, if you were going to Google or Facebook, it would be okay. But if you're going to an investment bank, it's probably not okay. Yeah. I love that. I, I love how, how amazing is it? Like, I, I think awareness is so underrated. You know, I think that what you did, what it sounds like you did there was you just brought greater awareness to this person's life. And that's really what a coach, a mentor, someone who's strategically helping to provide counsel and, and, uh, and direction to our lives does. Awareness is this key that just seems to open up every door. Cause I believe I'm with you. I think people mostly want to help and they're mostly good. Right. I think that, I think that crime and pain and hurt and disenfranchisement and all of that, I think most of that comes from just a lack of awareness right? A lack of where can I get the food? Where can I get yeah. a job? What do I need to do in that interview? Um, our success is generally right on the other side of being in the know, you yeah. know? Yeah. And actually, so he got one position and then he was interviewing for a different one. This is over the course of five years. And I wow. helped him with the interview process and negotiating his salary. So he actually is now very, very doing very well. He's like a senior manager at a very large company. And yeah, I've been sort of his go-to person whenever he's having a challenge with his team, whether it's a challenge with his 
you know, negotiating a salary. Like I've been his go-to person for a number of years. I love it. I love yeah. it. And Neelu, you help folks virtually, right? I mean, yes. phone calls, Zoom sessions from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And same with teams. So we do everything right now. Everything is still over Zoom. It used to sure. be in person and, but yeah, everything's over Zoom, very experiential workshops that are fill, filled with good information and highly interactive and fun experiences. I love it. So make sure that you're checking out uh, Nilu's website. So you guys can go to N-E-E-L-U uh, K-A-U-R.com. Did I get yes. that right? Yes. I yes. love it. And keep and keep your eyes open and be ready for Be Your Own Cheerleader. The book title could change. We don't know because you're getting this insider info if you're listening to the show before the book is published. But if you go to that website, you'll know for sure what the book's title is and probably can get the book on Amazon or anywhere books are sold, I would imagine. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. Neelu, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Hey guys, Titus Bartolotta here with Collaborative Solutions Group. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode of Solutions from the Huddle. If you want to hear more episodes and continue supporting our show, simply search for and subscribe to Solutions from the Huddle on any major podcast platform. Thank you again, and we hope you'll join us soon.